right, here we are in this series, Different. And so it's Father's Day edition. Again, I mentioned just a minute ago, moms, and maybe you're not a dad, this is still for you as well. Uh, but the Father's Day edition, I want to speak to the dads today. Um, it's been funny because typically you would like to say on Mother's Day, oh, we're going to encourage the moms, we're going to build them up. And um, honestly, these Father's Day sermons have got to the point where it's like, on Father's Day, we're going to rough up the dads. Like, I, it just, I get into these words and God starts like changing me and encouraging me. And I just go like, man, I got I to gotta share this with the guys. We got to get after it. And here's what I begin to understand. That's how guys want it anyway, right? Guys want the truth. They want it real. They, I mean, like, guys are, we like rated R, right? Like we like the tough, we like the rated R. I know some of you, some of you good Christians, you're, you're not rated R, but, but guys like rated R. We like, we like stuff blowing up. We like stuff intense, louder, stronger, explosive. So I think it's okay on Father's Day if the sermon comes with maybe a little bit more intensity, a little bit more, you know, sort of realness and rawness to it. You know, I don't really hear many guys get together and go like, man, you know, it'd be really cool as if, you know, things just, you know, were made a little calmer, a little quieter. You know, if things were just made with a little less horsepower, you know, we would really, no, we like louder, stronger, bigger, badder. And so I think that's what we're going to do with, with this Father's Day sermon today. We're going to, we're going to be intense and we're going to be strong. And if it's your first time maybe watching something at Vertical, I promise I don't, I don't always come this strong with things, but it's Father's Day. We can handle it. We can, we can jump into this. I um I actually was was taught by Michael Jordan through this documentary on ESPN called The Last Dance. We saw Michael Jordan's leadership was intense. It was in your face. He just he got in, he rattled your cage. And many of the players would say, hey, we were able to win six championships because Michael just called us to this level of greatness. And I guess that's what I'm trying to do. If if Michael's one of the greatest basketball players to ever live and, and, and has these great accolades. Uh, maybe we can take a page from his leadership thing and just kind of rattle each other's cage today, call each other to greatness through, through, through a strong strong talk. I, I actually left the house this morning and, and had a five hour energy. And my wife goes, Jess goes, Ooh, you're, you're having a five hour energy in the morning. I said, yeah, I'm going to need it for this sermon. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to bring it today. There's a, there's a truth uh, to this. And so if I hurt your feelings today, dads, um, we have some leftover flowers from the Mother's Day event. And so if we hurt your feelings, certainly you can drive up here and get some flowers. And I'll tell you, you're beautiful and we'll, we'll try to make your feelings better. But, but today we're getting after it. Today we're just going to tell the truth because the scripture says the truth sets us free. And I believe that we can rise. Iron sharpens iron, like scripture says, right? We can, we can call each other to better. And so that's what we're going to do today. And so one of the things I want to start with, if I'm going to give you a title of my sermon, it's this, is that there is a power in the ability to send, whether you say the next generation or our kids, but there is power in sending. There is power in setting up. Um, you know, I don't believe that we're called to just run out the clock with our kids in our life. Well, when they get to 18, then they're just going to No, there is a positioning and equipping. There is a building up. There is a structure that we're called to set with our kids. There's power in a send off. You see it all throughout scripture where, where somebody was sent in power and somebody was sent in prayer and somebody was sent generationally or God honored the way that somebody was sent and equipped and, and, and positioned into a next generation. How much of the scripture scripture says, uh, because of this generation unto this generation, unto this generation, there is power in the setup, in the send off that we as dads 
provide and produce in our kids. So how much more should we be paying attention? If there's power in the send-off, if there's power in the setup, then how much more so should we be paying attention to how we're doing that? Again, it's not, oh, we're putting food on the table, and when the kids are 18, they're going to be gone, and we're going to try to pay for their college. No, there's something in there that we're called to do that, that positions them and equips them and catapults them into all that God has for them, not, not just so they can be successful now, but so that generations to come can walk in that success of how you set up and sent this generation and these kids that you're called to lead. The famous two scriptures, I have two scriptures I'm going to read for you in a couple hours reference later. Uh, but these two scriptures, again, they're, they're kind of the parenting scriptures, if you will, in scripture. And so they're our call as dads. Now, listen, when I say it's our call, it's not our chore to raise our kids. Oh, God put me here on earth. And, and now I got these kids and now I got this chore to raise them. Absolutely not. You have this honor. You have this blessing. You have this privilege to be able to raise up a generation and equip kids to be able to be successful in the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen this morning? And so don't don't say, oh, here's the parenting scriptures because we have this chore of parenting kids. No, you have this privilege, this honor. You have this amazing opportunity to be this incredible man of God that God called you to be and raise a generation. And so these are some of the famous parenting scriptures. Proverbs 22, 6 says this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. He or she should go because there's a way they should go. It's not just a whipping in the wind. It's not just a come what may, whatever culture is saying. No, there's a way they should go. And it says as a parent, we're called to train them in that. We have, we have an incredible privilege and opportunity to set them up in the way that they should go. And when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. Meaning that there's this blessing, there's this, there's this ability you have to set up your kids in the way they should go. And then God promises you that they'll stay on that path when you set them in that. Psalm 127 verse 4 says this, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, you being the warrior. You're not, you're not Homer Simpson just sitting back, being a guy, just drinking your Duff beer. No, you're, you're a warrior, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. You're in this battle. You're, you're this incredible person who's leading a generation. Your kids are like arrows in your hands, the hands of a warrior. And it says, so are the children of one's youth. So you have this amazing ability to aim your kids and set the directions of your kids and the target in the way in which they should go. It's a great privilege. And so again, we're not Homer Simpson. We're not running out the clock. We're just not whatever. What we are is we're people in this incredible battle in leading, and we're in this, uh, this incredible battle and we're leading a generation. We're leading followers. We're, le we're leading them into something incredible. And so we set up and do a lot of things in life as dads. Um, summertime, this happens a lot. We set up a lot, right? Dad, can you set up the pool? Dad, can you set up ladder ball? Dad, can you set up this app on my iPad? It's like what we hear all day. Dad, can you set up? Mom's saying, go get dad. He can set that up. Dad, will you set up this? Will you set up that? And set up, set up, set up. And so in our natural world, we're always setting something up. We're always putting something together for our kids, right? Uh, I thought about it like this. We also send our kids into a lot of things. We send our kids to school. I want you to think about this in your life, how much you send your kids into, or you send or set up your kids for in the natural world. You send them to school. Uh, you might send them to college. 
I think about how much uh, dads put into setting up or sending their kids onto an athletic field. Also, oh, come over here, buddy. Uh, this is this is how we do it in the Reese house. This is how we do it in your house. This is how we play the outfield. Uh, no, dad was a shortstop. This is how we cover the corner, right? This is how we, this is how, and you start putting into the next generation uh, how you set up and, and you send them into the ball field. You send them onto the court. You, you have all, and, and men, we get real prideful about this. This is how we do it. This is how granddaddy did it. This is how we do it. And so we get all hyper about the way that we're sending them into things. We send them into the tree blind. <clears throat> dad's like oh you're just like oh today's the day he's going to his own tree blind right and you're just so proud you're like it's the day that i'm sending him to his own tree blind and you teach him how to go to the right fishing hole you're like oh you know and they're gonna go and they're gonna know and i've trained him for the right fishing and we send them into marriage of course and of course not me i have daughters they'll never be married they're never leaving this castle ever but some people send their kids into marriage we send them into their first job we send them out with their first car we have all of these ways that we care about how we send them into the things of the world but i just wonder how much energy and effort and passion you're putting into sending them into spiritual warfare because the scripture says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities and this evilness in dark places. There's all of this that we have to equip our kids to be ready for. That's amazing that you got them ready for the outfield. That's amazing you got them ready to hunt and fish and drive a car and all these kinds of things that you got. Them. But how much more so should we pay paying attention to how we're sending them into spiritual warfare? Because it's not about flesh and blood. It's not about the, the natural things that you see. What it's about is, is all of the things that you don't see in the spiritual realm. And that's why you are a dad. And that's why you've been given these children is so that you can prepare them for this thing that's happening in what we can't see. And I think it's a huge disservice when we spend all of our efforts getting them ready for the ball field, getting them ready for the soccer thing, getting them ready for the hunting thing. But we spend no time getting them spiritually prepared. And I'm not just talking about dropping them off at church. Can I get an amen today? I'm talking about they're seeing it in your life. I'm talking about they're, you're, you're, you're having conversations with them about, about the things of God and the ways of God and what to do when they have fear and what to do when they have anxiety, what to do when they have doubt. Are you with me today? I'm talking about the, the spiritual things that matter. I love football. I love all the sports. I, I think all those things are fun and they matter in our kids' life too. I'm not saying everything needs to be a Bible study, but what I'm saying is if all we're preparing them for is the things of the world, then we're doing a huge disservice to the way God called us to be dads and moms and grandparents today. Can I get an amen? I was, um, I was in a line. Um, we, I was in a line with my kids Oh, I don't know, maybe six months ago or so. And there was a worker in the line and he said something about Caroline, basically along the lines of um, he said, um, oh, I can tell you're one of those kinds of girls or whatever. You know, you're one of those kinds of things. And uh, he had an honest heart. He wasn't doing anything wrong, but I got really irked as a dad. I was really annoyed because what he said about her, the way that he defined her was not true at all. It wasn't even close to her character. And, uh, and again, she wasn't doing anything wrong. It wasn't anything wrong, but he just, you know, thought he observed her to be this kind of way. And she wasn't that way. And I was so irritated with this guy that he tried to define and characterize and set the culture for my daughter. 
water. And so I was just like, oh, and as a matter of fact, uh, at the Restore Women's Conference that's coming up this fall, uh, I'm actually going to preach a sermon about this. So uh, it turned into a whole sermon for me. That's how fired up I was like, oh, I'm going to make some notes about this. What's her? And, and so I was all turned up about it. And so um, can't wait to preach that sermon with you ladies at the, at the conference. But, but I was so annoyed that this guy was trying to define my daughter, set, set the tone for her life, and he had no clue. And then I really begin to think about it like this. We as dads, we let culture do that all the time. We're so disconnected from our kids. We're so unplugged from the things that they're really involved in because we get so busy in work and busy in sports and busy in hobbies and busy in laziness. We love to say, oh, I'm busy with this, busy with that. A lot of times you're just busy with laziness. Can I get an amen today? None of the, the dudes are like, why would I amen that? He's an idiot. <laughs> I agree. But anyway, we get, we, get, we get so busy with all these things that we're busy. And what we actually end up doing is we just, let the, we just let the world totally define and set the tone for our kids instead of us doing it. So that godly like, oh, you're not going to set the tone for my daughter. You're not going to define her. We just let that happen all the time. Our kids are defined by what they see on Instagram, what they're seeing on social media, what they're hearing in their schools, what they're hearing from. Because you're so disconnected and dis you're not setting them up. You're not setting them apart. You're not setting them in the way that they should go. And so they're getting it from all these other people. It should make you crazy. It should make you so irate that they're gathering who they are from other things instead of from your leadership, dad. Can I get an amen today? We cannot let the culture or the world set the bar, pick the standards, or determine the temperature. It's our responsibility. You got nothing to say when it comes to these intelligent things that we should be walking through with our kids. I'm talking about the racial uh, divide that's happening. I'm talking about some of the sexuality uh, issues and identity issues that we're seeing in culture. And so as our kids are, are waiting to be sent out and sent and set up, they're coming to you and they're wondering what, what your leadership would say in your life. And you got nothing to say. Why? Because you spend every night with your feet up on the couch watching cage fighting. And I'm not against cage fighting. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> We're watching reruns on ESPN classic of games we've already watched before. And our kids are saying, will you help me navigate this culture? Will you help me determine to be set up and sent out in the way that I should go? I'm, I'm like a, I'm like an arrow in your hands. Will you aim me? We're over here duff bearing it like Homer Simpson because, and we're going on social media making rants about, anyway, I'm going to be careful. But we're going out, we spend all our time over here, or this, opinion this, oh, really about stuff that you don't even know about, you're not even involved in, and you're just going on there wasting your time giving opinions to, anyway, what I'm trying to say is just as annoyed that I was that someone was trying to define it for my child, my child, we should be so annoyed that we're just letting Instagram and everything else, Twitter, all define it for our kid. no, that's our job. And I will not neglect that. I thought about it like this. You get, you get so, so passionate about the way that you're going to see your son or your daughter uh, do this thing. We get so like, we're going it's to, it's a proud day. It's a proud day for me. I taught him how to dress a deer, right? And it's a proud day for me. I'm going to teach him how to cook a steak. They cooked their first steak and, uh, and they got their first truck and they shot their first gun. And we get all about this. And I'm about that stuff too. I, I love it. My son, he, he, he was in the, 
uh, he was in the dirt bike track with me the other day and I was starting up my dirt bike and, and, uh, and the race fuel has a really cool smell to it. It smells different than regular gas. And so Charlie was like, oh, dad, race fuel smells good. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, son. Yes, that does smell good. That's so, you know, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not coming against any of these things. But if we don't have any other things that make us make us proud that are spiritually, oh, so it's the first time that I saw my kid get passionate about this verse or, or this song. Are you with me? What's the point in dressing a deer and smelling race fuel and doing all these things if we don't have the spiritual things in place? Can I get an amen today? We got to set them up and send them out and equip them properly in the things that actually matter. And here's where I'm going to get really real. What is the biggest disservice is that I see dads checking down their responsibility and putting it all over to the mom. A mom can read that to you. Mom can share that with you. Mom will pray with you. I'm busy. I worked. I provided for you today. So mom should have to do it. Or we're going to drop our kids off at church. People say all the time, I want my kids to grow up and know the things of God and hear the things of God. So we really want them to get involved in church. Well, what we really want is for your home to be really involved with God and so that they get it when they're at home. Can I get an amen today? You can't just drop your kids off at church and hope that they get it all because they've been serviced at church. It's like some kind of oil change. I'm going to drop the kids off for 20 minutes and then they'll get filled up with the things of God and then we can go back out. And no, 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 no. This is the place where we come and celebrate what's happening in the home. Can I get an amen today? And so this idea, and I see it with dads and men all the time, oh, we'll let mom handle it. We'll let the church handle it. When it comes to some, some life values, oh, my kids are acting up, they're being crazy. Well, it's probably because the teachers aren't doing their job. And so we're all mad at the teachers, we're mad at the school, we're mad at the coaches. When are we going to take responsibility for the way that we're setting up and we're sending out and we're structuring things for our kids? Can I get an amen today? Not because it's our chore, but because it's our privilege, because we're men, because we do things, we build things, we set the tone for things. Are you with me? And so, you know, you're, you're anyway, the scripture says this in John chapter six, verse nine. You guys know this story. It's the story of the feeding of the fish or of the, of the, the five loaves and two fish. So you see this little boy, he's, he gives up his lunch, right? He shows up. The scripture says that uh, there's 5,000, but really what we understand is it's probably more about 15,000 to 20,000 people. If you count the women and children, they weren't counted when you first read of the 5,000. Uh, and so you're saying somewhere between 15,000 and 20,000 people are in attendance. And Jesus does this miracle. He multiplies the five loaves and the two fish because this child provides this lunch. Think about it like this. At some point, a lunch had been prepared by a parent and it was sent out. You could say it like this. The entire miracle was hinged on how this little boy was sent out. The entire miracle, this whole miraculous thing that took place came about because a boy was equipped and set up and sent out with what he needed. Uh, you could say he was aimed or sent, just like we said before. The entire thing was about how this young boy was prepared and then the miraculous was done. The same thing is in our life. How we're setting up and sending out and preparing the next generation determines the kind of miracles that they'll see. 
Are we setting them up? Are we preparing for them? Are we putting things in their life that are going to set them up for the miraculous? Or are they just getting by, come what may, let Instagram be their influence? Or are we setting them up for success? Think about it like this. The father in scripture that, that God says that guy is going to be the father of many nations. That guy is the, is the father who we're going to model things after is Abraham. The scripture says this. He was actually an idol worshiper. So he wasn't a perfect guy. Scripture doesn't say hey, this guy's like the perfect guy. What the scripture says about him when it says to how he chose him, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, we won't read it. I'm going to summarize for you. But it basically says this. I chose him because I knew and I could trust that he would direct his household in the ways of the Lord. Here's his name in scripture. Father Abraham said of him, friend of God, father of our faith. How is he chosen to be that? Because God knew that he would be a man who could lead his household in the ways who could what set up and send out his household in the ways of the Lord, therefore qualifying him to be what the father of many nations, the father of our faith. He was a person who set up well. Here's why it's also really important for us to get it right with the next generation. Look, every church could make the, the, the emphasis on reaching adults. Oh, we're going to reach adults. We're going to seek them and get them saved. And of course, that's our passion. But when you reach an adult, you've reached half of a life. You've reached half of a life. When you reach a child, you've reached a whole life. So as parents, if we say, well, we'll let them figure it out on their own and, and we'll just believe that God get them when they when they're older and through that. No, no, no. If we can reach them now. How much does the scripture talk about how God used kids and, and you see all of the different ways that God ministered through young people? How many know the disciples were teenagers, right? We're seeing that that God can use young people. Why? Because they have how much life is left in that, right? If you reach a child, you reach a whole life. And so our emphasis needs to be all oh, not when they get older, not when they No, it's now. We spend our effort and our energy setting them up and sending them out now. The scripture says later about Abraham, it says, again, Abraham now has Isaac, his promised child. And the scripture says that uh, if you read at the top of your, your Bible, it says God tested Abraham. He tests him again. This, this father, he tests him again. What does he do? He calls him to take Isaac and go sacrifice him. And so he goes up the mountain, right? And, and he's fully trusting God and he's wholly obedient to God. What could you say about this? God is testing Abraham's ability to do what is right with the next generation. Do you trust me with your next generation? Do you trust me with your household? Do you trust me with this to the point that you're going to give me total obedience, that you're going to make this priority over sports and overtime and hobbies and social activities? Do you trust me wholly in this? And when, when the scripture says that he saw the obedience, he was able to step in and become his provider. Scripture says, I now see, you know, you're willing to be obedient. I now see that you fear me. And the, a ram was provided. It's the first time in scripture we see the name Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. Everything you desire and need and want to be provided for in your life comes through obedience. And I could also tell you this. It's when we lead the next generation well. The example is saying God is, is giving you what you need when we're fully obedient and surrendering. And this even includes his generation. I'm here to say it to you like this. Men, think about this. You were wired and created and equipped to be a visionary, a builder, a fixer. It's who you are. You can't help it. You're a visionary, a builder, a seer, a fixer. 
And so that's why God positioned you to be somebody who can be a visionary for your kids, a builder for your kids, a repairer at times in your kids' lives. That is your heritage. That's who you are. Walk in it is what I'm trying to tell you to do. I laugh every time I'm with my buddies and we're working on something, right? And something's not working. What is our nature? Our nature is to step in and try to make it better. So you ever been working on something? Somebody can't get it. And you're like, move. I got this. Let me try. And then we try. And then the next guy, move. Let me try. Why? Because we're, we're not settlers. We're people who want to put our hands on something and fix it and make it better. That's why God gave you your kids. Not so you could duff beer it and just sit back and, and ring it on social media. No, God wants you to be somebody who steps in and says, I got you. I can lead you. I can send you. I can equip you. Can I get an amen today? And so we see in this about Abraham, because I hear this all the time. People say, well, my job as the dad is I'm the provider. I provide. I go to work. I'm the provider. And that's great, obviously, like good for you. (laughs) It's important, obviously. But do you notice about Abraham? It didn't say he was chosen because he's a provider. No, it says chosen because he had the ability, God could trust that he he knew how to lead his household. So if you think the measure of success for you as a dad is because you go to work and you come home, you're missing it by a mile. And I'm, I'm really just here to rebuke you today that if that's your measure of fatherhood is that you can clock in and clock out and everything else is mom's job. Everybody else is a, you are doing a huge disservice to why God put you here on this planet. Can I get an amen today? Everybody's like, why does he keep asking for an amen? I hate what he said. It's, it's what we have to recognize today. You were born for such a time as this and your job is important. And it's amazing that you're providing. It is one of the things we're called to do as men in our relationship to, to our families. But I'm telling you, it's not the be all end all. Again, that's just a flesh and blood thing. God is calling us to how are we spiritually interacting in our homes? I thought about like this scripture says 5,000. We know it could be up to 20,000 people were in that place at that time and nobody else had a meal. How did that happen? This one boy is the one with the meal. And of course, we could say, well, maybe he was the one around the disciples. Maybe there was other meals somewhere else. Right place, right time. Maybe kind of conversation. But of of 15 to 20,000 people, he's the only one. Could you say it like this? Maybe that boy followed some specific instructions that gave him the ability to be in the right place at the right time with the right answer. What I'm trying to say is when the world may have done it this way, maybe they all ate their meals at one specific time. Maybe they didn't come with a meal. Maybe who knows what the circumstances were, but the world missed the opportunity because they weren't prepared for it. Maybe we could say about this guy, maybe he did something a certain way he was instructed to do. I'm trying to tell it to you like this. That's the call for us as men. We can be prepared at the right place at the right time. When the world misses their moment, we can be ready. Why? Because we followed instructions. What are the instructions? It's the instructions of the word of God. Our life lined up with the way God called us to be. We aren't just following the ways of the world. We aren't just living at the standard of the ways of the world. No, we're we're living according to the specific instructions that our creator gave us, which therefore allows us to be right place, right time to see the miraculous. Can I get an amen today? You say, oh, I don't know if I'm able to to be the kind of dad that you're saying I should be. I I, I don't know if I'm able. Do you got a Bible? 
If you don't have a Bible, I would love to give you one for free. Just shoot us an email. We'll get you one right away. But do you got a Bible? Because it will give you some instructions about how to do it, which I believe will set you up to be the right dad at the right time, at the right place with the right answers. Can I get an amen today? But far too often, we just compare ourselves to the standard of the world. Yeah, I know God's calling me to be like this. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know about that, but at least I'm not that. And we compare ourselves to this neighbor, that neighbor, this coworker. We say, well, at least I'm not that. Well, at least I'm not this. And we start measuring ourselves to the lower standard. No, we got to call ourselves to the way God has called us to. we got to measure ourselves according to the word and the instructions. So maybe this boy uh, had specific instructions that he held himself to, which provided the miraculous for him. I believe we need to follow the same instructions that God gives us so that we can see the miraculous. And I'm talking about we walk as men and the way we set up and send out our generation below us is they see us follow the instructions of the word of God, which means we're people who don't dishonor our boss. We don't dishonor our coworkers. We don't dishonor others in our life. We don't, we don't, we don't talk in lies and gossips and, and smear campaigns of one another just because we don't like something we see. No, we follow the instructions of God. We aren't people who look out for ourselves and try to take advantage of and, and manipulate things into our favor. No, we follow the instructions of the word of God that calls us to be generous so that our kids can see us be generous. Can I get an amen today? We aren't of the 98% of American men who look at and devalue women in ways of pornography. We say, no, no, the scripture has called us to a higher standard. I know 98% of, of, of American men do participate in the devaluing of pornography in women. I understand that, that, that basically it's acceptable at this point. But we're saying, no, we've been given specific instructions so that we can see the miraculous. Can I get an amen today? I thought about it like this as much as we say, well, I deserve to sleep in on Sunday. I worked overtime, which is amazing to me. Oh, I worked so hard. I just feel like I deserved to not go give thanks for the ability to be able to work overtime and provide for anyway. I'm gonna, I, I, I deserve to just sleep in on Sunday. I've had a hard week. I deserve to sleep in on the average Christian man, the average male man in America attends church less than two times a month, less than two times a month, which means you will consume more social media in one week then you will church in one entire year. So if you're one of those that come to church less than twice a month, what I'm telling you is statistically they'll say you'll consume more social media in one week than you would church in an entire year. Think about this stat. They say that if a mom is the reason a family goes to church, it's, it's her idea, it's her passion, it's, it's her setting up and sending out 17% chance that the family follows God for the rest of their life. If a dad is the one who says, no, I understand it's important for me to follow the instructions that God gave me and walk the way he created me to, and I'm going to set up and send out my kids. There's a 93% success rate when a dad, can I get an amen? Why dad? Because you were equipped to be the leader and the person who sets up and sends out and works alongside your spouse to bring about the success in your kids' lives. Maybe the boy was sent at an appointed time. 
Maybe, maybe for us, the example in this story is that God has this appointed time for us that we need to be prepared for. And unfortunately, culture has us just, man, whatever you want, come what may, just, just dad, sun up, sun down, Miller time, whatever works, just get through the day, man. Got to get your kids to 18 and then they're out of the house, empty nest, bro. No. There's appointed times that God has for us in leading our kids and leading families. And we have to rise to that. Can I get an amen? We aren't tolerating. We aren't running out the clock. We're instead running with our great responsibility as warriors, like the scripture says, because it's a privilege for us to lead this way. I um, thought about my kids. You have all this racial tension. You have all of this different culture wars and all of these different things going on. I, and I got little kids and, and they're just so innocent, right? I got, you know, seven-year-old, five-year-old, and then an almost two-year-old. And, and Callie is, you know, she's at that age. She's our almost two-year-old where, you know, she's, she's running, she's trying to talk, you know, she's trying to do all their things. But, but basically she operates as like a drunk person. She's falling down all the time, can't say words, like cries all the time about things. And so you're just looking at her like, you're so cute. You're so so innocent. You're so trying to figure all this out. And so I just think about the world that she lives in and just all that she's going to have to face, right? What's the most important thing I can do for her? I can't just worry and wait back and sit back and go, man, I hope she makes it. I hope this works out for her. No, what do you do with a little child? You come in around it and you help her and you nurture and you provide and you set up and you go before it. You do all of these things that you can do. Why? To set up for success. How much more show, so do we need to be doing that in the spirit? Getting those songs in her that, that she knows in times of fear, she can worship these, put these, put these scriptures in her that when she feels worthless and devalued, that she can say, this is what the word says. This is what my heavenly father says. No matter what this idiot guy may have said, no matter what this circumstance may have said, this is what God says. This is what the word says. I was, um, I was driving around with her last week's sermon. Um, we were out at my in-laws place and, and, and they, they have a, a, a pond. It's like kind of a half lake. It's like a big, big pond, two acre pond. And, and so we were watching the sermon. I was actually on my phone and I, and I took, we call her the baby. She's not the baby. We need to stop saying that. But um, I took her on the four wheeler because, you know, her intention span for us to interact with the sermon and stuff like that is tough. But she loves to be on the golf cart in the four wheeler. So she said, let's go on the four wheeler. So, okay. So we're just driving around the pond. We're watching the sermon. Carrie Job's worshiping Christ be magnified in me, in us. And I get tired. I get weary like you get weary. I get concerned. I get, I get in pain of, of all of the things that we see. And so she's on this thing and she just does this thing now where she just sings. She loves to ride the four wheelers and ride the golf cart. And she's just singing about nothing. You know, she's just singing bop by Jojo Siwa and frozen songs. And she's just trying to say all these things. Well, Christ be magnified was on. She, does, she doesn't, of course, really know it, but she's just trying to sing it out the best that she can. And I'm just thinking like, like if you know the lyrics, 
It's Christ be magnified, like above all of this, like in me, in, in this world, just above all of this. It so just gives you this, like, we're going to make it like we can make it. Like if, if she gets this, if she gets this, like if I, as the dad can, can get this in her, then it doesn't matter how ugly it looks. It doesn't matter how, how far apart we are from unity in this world. Christ can be magnified, meaning our, all of our eyes can, Christ can be magnified and we can all see what we need to see in this. Can I get an amen today? So then the sermon came on. The sermon then came on and it was me preaching and we're riding around and the song part is done and it's me preaching about the power of your words. And she's saying, no, Dada, frozen. No, no, Dada. Fancy Nancy. And she was like over my preaching. So we're actually fighting a little bit uh, right now because she wanted me to turn off the preaching for something else. So I was like, baby, power of your words. Like you're hurting my feelings. Think what you're no, Dada, no more Dada. Oh, sick of this guy talking too much. Frozen. So I needed a little humor break there. But what I'm trying to get you to to see here is we got to get it on the inside of them. My, My opinion of it is this, like your stats that you know about sports and all the things you can do with their ki- your kids and how to throw a curve and a knuckleball, like all of that stuff is amazing. It's awesome. And, and I'm going to put that in my kids too. They're, they're going to get all of that stuff. All the things that we celebrate. I, I, like I said, I don't think your life can become a full-time Bible study with your kids. But I'm saying if we aren't putting in the other stuff, if we aren't setting up and sending and equipping them for the things that we cannot see, the spiritual warfare stuff, you and me are doing a huge disservice to our kids. In my closing, I'll say this. Uh, One thing that's amazing about the miracle, we always say, oh, uh, you know, we see that he multiplied the fish and the loaves. But the scripture also says that the child went home with a multiplied basket. He came with one, left with 12 more baskets. The scripture says that he returned home. He returned home with 12 baskets. Why does that that matter? Here's why it matters. If we can equip our kids, I believe that they can transform homes generationally. So he left with one. He came back with the miraculous multiplied, and he brought it back into homes. I believe... That as our young people lead their generations, it's not all going to happen in church. It's not all going to happen in youth group. I believe they're going to be able to take the multiplied miraculous in their lives and bring it into homes, their schools, their locker rooms. Can I get an amen today? Because God wants to multiply the miraculous. I would say it to you like this. Every little piece, at some point, a parent prepared for this child, put a piece in his basket and sent him out, put a little bit in there and sent him out. And God, what did the miraculous and multiply? I'm here to tell you, dad, every piece, God will multiply and do the miraculous. You say, well, it's just a little prayer that I pray with them. Oh, it's just a little memory verse that I go over. with. Oh, it's just a little study that I do with them. Every piece you put in your child, God will multiply. Can I get an amen today? He wants to do the miraculous in it. Don't sell yourself short. Little by little, God can do more. Five loaves, two fish multiplied to feed up to 20,000. The multiplied baskets he was able to return home to his household. Why? Because whatever you put in, God wants to multiply. Second Chronicles 6, 7. Again, I'm going to paraphrase this. 
But Solomon, the son of David, is the one who finished the temple. Remember, David was unable to finish the temple, the house of God. But Solomon was then chosen to be able to one to be the finisher. But the scripture says this, that Solomon did what was in David's heart. The next generation accomplished what was in his dad's heart. Meaning he knew it, he understood it, he felt it, he saw it. Therefore, the next generation had the desire to live it out because it was, it was in David's heart. What I'm here to say is this, worship has got to be in our heart for the next generation to see. Can't be a thing you come and do on Sunday, sip our coffee, hand in the pocket, just seeing some more. I'm not saying you got to be a crazy run around. I'm saying the kids, our kids got to see it in our heart. They got to... They got to see you come home from work and put on some worship. They got to see you get in your seasons of stress and pressure. They got to see your heart turn to worship. They got to see it turn to prayer. They got to see it turn to, like we said last week, speaking the word over our life. They got to see us in our hearts have care for people and listen to people and love people and nurture other people and talk right about people. Can I get an amen today? It's got to be in our heart. The scripture says the reason that uh, David was able to show that to Solomon and, and it got to the next generation because it was in his heart. Therefore, Solomon followed, followed it out. I thought about it like this. Outward religion is not the goal. Outward religion is not the goal. So if all you do is come to church because you should and people will see it. If all you do is this and that, because on the outside, it's what you feel like you should be doing and saying and interacting because then you're missing it by a mile. The next generation needs to see our inward relationship with God, our heart. It's got to come from our heart for them to see it and believe it and walk in it. Can I get an amen today? The miracle happened because of the way the child was sent or equipped. I believe the miraculous will happen. Revival will come. Then all of the things that God speaks of ushering in will come when we're setting up the next generation as dads sent out, set up to be able to be all that they've called to be and live in the way that they've called to be. And so I encourage you, uh, you know, if this challenges you and I hope it does, it challenged me. Take a look at your schedule. Don't just go, oh, man, that sermon was a thing. No, I think I think you got to go. All right. This is my life. This is my calendar. This is my schedule. Where am I going to put my time and energy and effort setting up and sending out my kids in a way that they can have success in the kingdom? Can I get an amen? Let me pray for you. And uh, then we'll take care of a few things before we pray. Again, if this sermon was was OK for you, uh, hit share. Get this word out there. I believe there's a generation of men that need to be encouraged that that we can do this. We can lead the way God called us to do. So hit the share and let's get this out there. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you love us and lead us. Lord, you are the perfect example of how you set up and sent out your son on our behalf to fulfill all that we're called to walk in. And so, Lord, we want to follow your example of laying down our lives to be able to lead the next generation. Lord, I, I pray that you just give a boldness and a confidence to every dad, every parent to, to, to see the ways that they need to set up and send out instead of just sitting back and letting Instagram do it and social media do it. God, I pray that you give us the eyes to see the way that we're aiming our kids. In Jesus' name, amen.
right on. Happy Father's Day, dads. I love you. And uh, and that's why we're, we're, we're calling each other on toward good works. Iron sharpens iron. And I believe that's what we're doing today with God's word. Amen. A couple of things for you to take off today. I don't want you to tune out. Uh, our regathering groups are happening. Just all sorts of great things are taking place. And I uh, don't want you to miss those. So make sure you download the Church Center app. Uh, just jump on. You can see in the, the Apple uh, store. Don't even Google. If you, if you Google and all that stuff, you need to just go down and get an Apple phone and do things right. Um, get right with the Lord. But uh, but encourage you, uh, download the Church Center app. You can use your Planning Center login to go on there and see what regathering groups are happening. It's also on our website, so you can jump on there and see the details right off the website. But we would love to hang out with you uh, as we're getting ready to regather at church. There's great stuff and opportunities to see each other. And so we'd love to see you be a part of that. Uh, also want to let you know Hand to Hand is continuing. And so throughout the summer, we're going to meet the needs of families. And so you can um, send your donations to the church. You can also do that kind of stuff in the app. So if you do download that app, you can do your giving in the app as well. But um, thank you for continuing to bless and support and encourage hand to hand. Uh, we're just grateful for your generosity uh, as well as giving your tithes and your offerings. You're continuing to remain faithful as we're getting ready to regather as a church. How I many know we're, we're buying sanitizer stations and just all of the extra expenses that come to, to keeping things in proper order. And so, again, you're just remaining so faithful in your giving and uh, helping us get prepared to be able to do that. So thank you for for that uh, as we're going forward. Uh, you can give uh, online. You can mail it to the church. You can also give in the app. So thank you for that. And then don't forget, every Monday through Friday, we're praying together uh, with Radiant Church. We're putting that Facebook Live right on our church page. And so uh, be joining with us in prayer and worship. It's a powerful time. And so check this out. Think about this. Next week is our last Sunday that I'll be preaching this way, like apart from you. So one more, and then we're together for the par parking lot party, and then we're together for church. So it's happening fast. I'm super excited to be able to be with you. So much love. We'll see you soon. Happy Father's Day.